Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the Career Ching Podcast. Ka-ching! Because <laughs> it's all about getting that dinero. That's right. My name is Z. And this is MJ. This is a word first uh, podcast. You might be wondering, why listening? Why listen to these two random dudes telling us how to get the first job? Well, because we know how to do it and we have done it pretty well. Um, both of us are in our early careers. We have five to eight years of experience. We're making eight figures. We haven't done anything crazy like invent Apple or Microsoft. Nothing like that. We're just regular people, regular lives. Probably live in a neighborhood and you don't know us. You're friendly neighborhood podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> just like he was saying, we are your uh, your average Joes. And, you know, we have both... Uh, got to this point differently you know we've taken different paths but you know we're we're gonna share with you how to get that first job landing it out of uh, you know a trade school college or you know whatnot but today mainly we'll focus on our experiences of landing that first job and we'll um you know hopefully it, it, it enlightens enlightens you and helps you uh land that first gig as well Absolutely, and in future episodes, we do intend to talk about interviews and resume and, and more and more things to come. So let's uh, go ahead and jump to our stories. MJ, what's your story? How did you get your first job? Well, back in elementary, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, uh, in in college, I had an I already had an idea going in that I wanted to be in in tech. Didn't understand, um, you know, which direction I wanted to go in, but uh, it was uh, clear to me that I didn't want to develop, and it, it was developing was a lot different uh, at the time. It was kind of looked at, you know, as you're, you'll be in a closet all alone and just kind of doing your own thing and not being a people person. And that's, you know, the exact opposite of me. I feel like that's one of my uh, characteristics that, you know, shines out uh, amongst, uh, you know, my, my peers because uh, I really like communicating and more of a people person. So I was like, yeah, that's not going to be it. I uh, ended up, um, you know, one summer, my junior year, applying for uh, a ton of jobs. I applied for maybe over 100 internships, and uh, out of the many, I landed five interviews and selected one of them, uh, which was with an oil and gas company. And it was in the IT department doing desktop support. And I had the opportunity to do a, a a role out there changing their environment from IBM to, to Dell and you know I was able to you know hit the ground running and knowing the basics of you know imaging computers and you know just having those people skills to be able to go up to different computer uh, you know different desk and speak with the individuals and say hey you know I need to back up your information and you know just you know having and it takes a while so you want to have a you know, some type of personality that is going to be friendly enough to, you know, while this person is just sitting there waiting on their computer to be finished. So, um, MJ, I think you said a couple of really good things over there. Okay. Uh, I think we should also outline that both of us have IT backgrounds in business, and uh, both of us have a lot of experience in oil and gas combined, at least. And we are are co-workers, so I can vouch for MJ's... um, Personality, not sure it's as good as it's saying, but it's pretty good. And it's usually pretty bearable <laughs> to work with. Um, 
but, but no kidding, uh, he is definitely a people person, and I can't see you working, you know, in a closet. That would be very depressing. Nope. Um, but no he, the landscape has changed a lot from what people used to, used to think about, and um, communication skills, I feel, aren't taught in school as much as they should be. Just like you said, it doesn't matter what your role is, you are going to be talking to people. Even if you're working in a closet, you are going to be working with the manager. Yeah. You're going to be reporting to the manager. Yeah, the dynamics definitely have changed, though. Exactly. So it's very important for everybody to get out of their comfort zone. Um, You know, if you're going for your first job or your first internship or you're volunteering somewhere, look for something that's going to push you out of your comfort zone. If you don't like talking to people, get out there, force yourself to talk to other people. Because you know what? Unless you're Bill Gates or Steve Jobs' son or daughter, and you have a billion dollars sitting around, you probably don't get to choose where you're going to work. You're just going to have to take what's what's best out there. You might have two or three choices, but it's very unlikely that you're going to have a choice where you can just tell everyone to just, you know, get away from me and not bother you. It's yeah. just not the way it works. Yeah, it's not it. So, yeah, so I definitely, uh, you know, hit the ground running there and had a ton of questions and didn't try to, you know, just try and figure everything out for myself. But at the beginning of that internship, really asked a lot of questions and, really showed a lot of uh, interest in, in my role in trying to improve the uh, environment uh, from their, their practices that they already had. And I think that kind of uh, impressed the, the managers that, you know, I came in and had new ideas and uh, just had a different a view of, you know, their processes. So I assisted with changing some things around. And uh, I think that, you know, that really, you know, is one of the factors that allowed uh, me to ex- have my internship extended. So um, that, that led me into the opportunity of working through my senior year uh, part-time with this uh, corporation and, uh, and also interning and was getting, you know, a nice check at De Niro, right? Cha-ching! <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's the end goal, right, is to, you know, be able to make some, you know, make some nice money and uh, be able to you know do the things that you want and provide for others and all that kind of stuff so i i was really excited about the internship and that 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 senior year i was uh i was focused on making sure that i landed the landed that that job as a full-time role once i you know got that degree so networking came into to effect where i uh I made sure that I kept in communication with my managers and telling them exactly what it was that I desired, which was a full-time role and, you know, the, the benefits that I could bring and continuously, you know, working hard. Uh, you know, just in short, that did lead to a, uh, a job offer once I did get, the, uh, get my degree. And, you know, it really springboarded me into many other positions within that company. And, you know, it wasn't exactly the role that I wanted to start off with, but it created that foundation that I needed, that first, uh, you know, that first career role, you know, professional role that allowed me to, you know, branch off into other areas. And it, it was a good eye opener as well to what I was interested in doing, um, you know, project management and, um, you know, some being able to be a liaison between IT and and the business is what I found myself, uh, you know, really, you know, being successful in. And, you know, it was all because of starting off with that internship and, you know, staying focused on that, that goal of being, being becoming perm that uh, it, it helped out. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great success story, MJ. Um, internships are usually overlooked because a lot of students think that you know they're they're hard to get. They're hard to get. Just like MJ said, he applied to a couple of uh, maybe a hundred or so, um, and you know landed one that he liked. Yeah, definitely. Probably more than that. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, don't be shy. Apply. Uh, go to your career counselors. Talk to them. Uh, work with them. We'll have a different episode about resumes, so we won't get into that. But make sure your resume is up to date. Make sure you're ready for your interview. Your interview skills are sharpened. You have a nice suit or a nice uh, ladies' jacket ready to go for that interview. And again, more about that later. But uh, I think that's definitely overlooked. For me personally, I didn't get an internship. I uh, was in love with school. I was sort of a nerd. And so I decided to uh, fast track my my master's. Um, and so I, I did that. But again, that was a, a conscious decision. Um, if I would have, if I could have changed something, I would have probably just extended my master's and thrown in an internship. As opposed to finished it quickly and then going for the next job. I was just thinking, Money-wise, uh, you know, kind of getting the first paycheck. I was, I was losing that full-time paycheck. The extra semester I was in school, that's one less semester I was getting paid full-time. But, uh, you know, kind of kind of looking back, I feel like internship opportunities are much more, and maybe I would have picked a different role if I had that internship, or maybe it would have been easier for me to find, find another job. Um, so definitely internship would be tip number one. Doesn't matter where you're in your career, as in school-wise, early career. Community college, colleges have them, undergrads have them, grad schools have them. You just gotta go out there and you gotta look for them. It's all about you. I think, MJ, the one thing that's common um, between you and I is that we're both go-getters. We don't, we don't sit around and we don't just wait for the next thing to happen to us. We're constantly looking for, hey, what's out there? What can we do better? What can we do better to better ourselves, our own careers, even though it's not a requirement. So, you know, getting certifications and things of that, things of that nature, um, keeping up with our career. But that attitude of being a go-getter, really and truly, um, just going out there and just go for it. Don't worry about custom. Don't worry about what most people do. You're not most people, you're yourself. Yeah, and and one thing that I would like to, to add to that is just that you, I mean, go being a go-getter is, you know, is, is a loose term, I, I would say, just because you, you can be a go-getter and be spinning your wheels and not not making it, you know, just because you don't have the the knowledge of what uh, direction to go uh, go in, right. you, don't have, you don't have that support. So uh, it definitely is, you know, important that, you know, you're a go-getter, but with some, uh, you know, some guidance. So, you know, it, whether that's, you know, you reading up on things or, you know, mentoring. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. You know, instead of just applying to a thousand jobs that are not applicable to you, apply to jobs in the career that you do want to be. But MJ, I do want to touch on something else that you said, and that is that um, you didn't limit yourself to what you thought you wanted to do. Your internship in your first role was something that you wasn't sure. So for me personally, um, when I got done with my master's, I my first job was at Hewlett Packard, and uh, I started as a data architect. I never wanted to do data architecture. And in all honesty, I didn't know what data architecture was. Right. I literally did not know what it was. Um, the way I landed the first job was applied to a bunch of them, uh, made sure my resumes were specific for those jobs, 
and this data architecture world that I ended up really enjoying, actually the, the manager found my resume from a business analyst role that I applied to in the same company. Um, so th that's just to say that if you see something interesting, throw your resume out there. You never know, even if that role doesn't work out, you're in their system. And yeah. that person, that manager, the business analyst manager, might not find you a good fit for that. But if someone else comes up to him and asks him, hey, have you seen any candidates that are good for ABC? They might approach you. Um, yeah, I mean, once, once he got, once uh, Zeke is, got in at ABC as the data architect, it's a lot easier for him to transition into a business analyst uh, role within that company than them hiring outside the company for, for that role. It's, uh, it, I found that it's a lot easier to, to move uh, within a company, even when, uh, when I'm applying for, for new roles and I'm coming up, in a, I'm coming up as a, like a close second. It's like, oh, we went with the internal candidate. They've been here. They're not doing this exact role, but mm -hmm. they know our environment. Right. And so you, 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 you're going to come across those, those things. So if it's a company that you desire to be in, I think you know, going for that role that's not ideal will um, at least get you get your foot in the door and that's I think that's the key for that initial that that first uh, first first job no I totally agree um, and th there's a saying by Steve Jobs that when when I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself if today were the last day of my life what would I do is it what I'm doing today um, and I think that's that's extremely true to a certain point, but it's also, it pays off to be open to different roles. So you might love to do one thing, um, but you might not get there right away. So just get on the ship, you know, get on the boat and just get some experience and um, go from there. When I was a data architect, eventually after a year, I was able to transition to project management role. And, uh, you know, I loved it since. Would I have been able to get into a project management role for, after one year of experience? No. But I was already in the company and I proved myself. Yep, I don't know if y'all caught that earlier, but uh, ZP over here <laughs> dropping quotes from your boy Steve Jobs. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm definitely a, a big iPhone fan. I used to love Androids and then my wife converted me and I haven't looked back since. Right. And I hope this doesn't turn out too oh, too many of our listeners since we're just getting started with this podcast. Yeah, I'm just um, ready to enjoy, so I'm I'm having completely relinquished uh, the 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 droid family. You'll get there. You will get there. So we talked about our our careers and and how we have gotten to where we want to be. We talked a little bit about internships and getting your first gig. And uh, making sure that your first goal is to get in somewhere, get started somewhere. Um, besides that, there's a lot of things you can do for your job search. Uh, like, you know, social media. Back when I was looking for a job, uh, social media such as LinkedIn and stuff, they were not as big. Uh, and this was about seven years ago. So obviously the landscape has changed a lot. So you're, you're um, around that time frame, we're looking at uh, like Facebook was out and it wasn't being used for you know job purposes or anything but it definitely would show your character exactly yeah yeah and it still does right yeah and i think that's a really important thing that people forget is um companies when they hire you they are putting a lot of money into you 
uh, and we'll talk about that in, in another episode, but you know, uh, benefits, healthcare, if you, God forbid, get in accidents, uh, paying for your disability, so pay, paying you while you're not working, yeah, when you're sick. Onboarding. The initial onboarding is you know, significant. Exactly, mine was uh, about a month. Like for a month, I didn't do anything. Uh, you know, and I think that's about average, at least two to four weeks, depending on if you're a new hire, or if you experience, if you experience, they expect you to come on board well, more sooner. You did a lot of training and, and you know, kind of right. familiarizing yourself with the environment and um, all of the standards that we had to, to know, but you weren't being productive as far as, you know, bringing a project to a, a conclusion. Or exactly, a and not helping make any money at all. Correct. Yep. Um, I tried to say it in a nice way. <laughs> That's what MJ does. I don't. So, uh, you know, they're investing a lot of money in you. They want to make sure that they hire someone that uh, that fits their bill. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of talks out there about, um, you know, for example, uh, tattoos and, and piercings and all that. But the question is, the person looking at your profile, the person looking you up, how do they feel about it? Legally, yes, they're not supposed to discriminate. But that's not how real life works. So again, you want to get your foot in the door. Once you get a few years of experience and once you prove yourself, at that point, it doesn't matter as much because you can say, hey, you know what? For five years, I've led 10 successful projects and made my company a few million dollars. All right, I got a tattoo. So what? But off the bat, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're human beings and we do judge what we see. That's very important to keep everything professional when you're applying for your very first job, maybe even your second job. So your profile picture on your Facebook, if you have an Instagram, um, set it to private. If you have anything in there that you don't want others to see. Um, you know, just tips like that. YouTube, a lot of people have YouTube channels these days. Uh, you know, uh, again, if you have music in your band play that you're proud of, perfect, leave it out there. But, you know, if you're playing a lot of music that has a lot of curse words, and the company you're applying to is uh, has been around for 100 years, they might not be comfortable with that. So maybe make that private just while you're applying for, applying for jobs. Not saying don't be yourself. But maybe don't be yourself completely. <laughs> well, um, just, and I think the times are uh, changing somewhat. <clears throat> we have more, um, I guess, it's a different outlook on tattoos and piercings. and But at the same time, you have to remember what type of environment you're going to be in. It needs to be appropriate. All profiles, social media um, or job boards, wherever you have uh, a profile, you want to make sure that it's appropriate to that environment that you're going to be in. You know, if you're going to be a, you know, a, a rock, you want to be a rock star, you want to be a, you know, a concert or something like that. You know, I don't think it's expected that you're, you know, to be in a suit and tie, clean shaven. Uh, but, you know, a beard and, you know, some earrings or a piercing, you know, something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's more expected. But you have to understand your audience. And, you know, oil and gas is uh, more of a formal, I guess, uh, environment, I would say, where you would be, you know, buttoned down slacks and, and dress shoes or for a woman skirt, a nice suit, pant, a pantsuit or something like that is what's, uh, you know, what's expected. Yeah, exactly. I just recently started uh, wearing um, colorful socks with my outfits and, you know, been here uh, for a little bit, so I feel like I can pull that off now. Good thing I don't see them often because, yeah, they are very colorful. They will blind you. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk about a few few job sites. Let's touch on a few and maybe, maybe we can talk about more later. 
which is or I know LinkedIn is on top these days, you know, LinkedIn right up there. Definitely, definitely my, uh, my first go-to. Uh, the opportunity to reach out to the, um, the job poster is, you know, it's right there. Most of the time, if you go premium, you'll be able to have more access to that. But uh, within LinkedIn, some of those postings that you're interested in, you can reach out and have a personal contact with that, uh, that recruiter. And that's, I found it to be, you know, a, a really good key for getting, uh, landing that first interview. And that's, yeah. that's one of the biggest parts, right, is actually getting that call back and getting the interview. Agreed. And that reminds me of a story. This guy um, used to look for a job at a grocery store when he was in high school, and there'd be hundreds of applicants during the summertime just to make some extra money. Um, the way he would set himself apart is he would, uh, after he'd apply, he would go talk to the manager and just introduce himself. Hey, I'm Joe. I applied to this position. Just wanted to come by and say hi and let you know I'm really interested. And by doing that alone, he would always get a job. Not the one he applied to, he'd apply to maybe 10, 15, but he was always get one every summer. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just a little yeah. things that, I mean, you want to, if there's, you know, hundreds of applicants or, you know, even 20, but what are you going to do differently to, to stand out from, from the bunch? Especially if you're, you know, just an average guy like, you know, like Z, he's just an average guy, so he may need to do something extra <laughs> to, to stand out from the crowd, you know, so it's... You have to consider those things. Just, just average, good-looking guy. Nothing else. <laughs> um, so, so exactly. The, you know, reaching out to LinkedIn recruiters, I feel like it's that, just in a newer form, in a different form, but mm-hmm. old school way of doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of getting the FaceTime, but this is just more for informal introduction. The other cool things about LinkedIn is you can the people you went to school with. Uh, you know, you don't know where they're going to end up working. You, you might not have been best buddies with them. You might just have hung out with them every now and then. Um, but if you want to keep in touch with them, number one, you can use it to keep in touch. Mm-hmm. So during work anniversaries and stuff, you get a pop-up that, hey, it's MJ's uh, one-year work anniversary at ABC job. Um, a lot of people comment on that. I comment. A lot of times I'll do a personal message, a direct message to the person. Um, just be like, hey, you know, it's been a while since school. How's, how's it going? And things like that. When I'm looking for my next job, guess what? I can reach out to MJ because I'm not a stranger. Um, and I can ask him for a referral, and referrals make a big difference. It does, and, and you know, just what he was mentioning as far as keeping in touch, you you definitely don't want you you're not sure where you know your old colleague or manager or somewhere is going. So whatever you can do, it you know it doesn't take much effort to you know send them a message and see you know how their career or you know how life is going and you know what they're you know just getting into because you you never know when you'll. You know, need that person or that person will need you. You want them to feel like they can reach reach out to you, and you know you should keep that keep those channels open. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's important to um, understand that it's always a two way stream. You know, you want to help as much as you can. You might not be able to help the same person. You might be helping someone else. Um, but I feel like it's it's karma, right? It's a big circle. Someone reaches out to you. You might not know them too well. You might just have been to school with them and you know seen them one time. Um, but they want some advice, that's fine. Pick up the phone and give them a few minutes of your time. Tell them about what you do. Um, and someone will do the same thing for you in return. Maybe the person you're helping is going to become a manager someday. You, you never know. Um, but in general, it just it feels good to help, right? Just to give you an example, I recently reached out to, um, to one person that I went to school with uh, the first year of my undergrad. And this was in 2008. And we were recording this in 2019. I haven't spoken to this person in 11 years. 11 years. That's a long time. Yeah. 
But guess what? I just shot him a quick message. I was like, hey, you know, I haven't talked to you in a long time. How's it going? And, uh, you know, first I got a one-word answer. Good, you? Uh, but then I continued trying. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, this person was one of the smartest people I know, like downright, you know, always. He had like 100 and everyone else in the class had like a 60. Yeah. So, so he, he, like he downright. Was, he was setting the curve. Exactly. So I told him, I was like, hey, you know what? I see that you're working at this company. Uh, you're the smartest person I've, I've known in college. I was just wondering what you think about this company. Do you like it there? How's the culture? So suddenly he opened up, told me about the culture. Um, and, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this right now. And I might be open to something, just kind of curious to see what's out there. He's like, yeah, what are you looking for? And I kind of told him a little bit more. Um, and then I asked him, can I please use request you to be my referral if I find something at this company? And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, so and that's, that's just one way uh, of, you know, just being able to keep those channels open and reaching out and seeing, utilizing those connections on uh, through, through LinkedIn. So definitely LinkedIn is, I, I believe, at the top of both of our list. Um, so I've, I've have more of a technical background than uh, Z does. So um, I know for, for a fact that a lot of uh, tech roles are available on DICE and DICE.com uh, actually, you know, is another place that I, I feel like I, you know, heavily use to, to do my job search. Uh, again, they also, for some of the roles, have the... Um, the, rec the recruiters available and their mobile numbers uh, so you can you know reach out to them once you apply and you know say hey you know I, I applied and you know I just wanted to you know reach out and you know let you know you know my interest and how my you know experience fits this role and you know that that goes a long way yeah definitely uh, just MJ here has a technical career and I have uh, more of uh, IT slash business, but not as technical. So maybe we can talk a little bit about our backgrounds, plus you've done that in the beginning. Um, mine is, I have a, a bachelor's in uh, IT from a school of management, and I'm a master's in IT as well from the school of management. And what that means is I didn't uh, do hardcore coding. Um, so I wasn't in computer science. I kept myself away from too much coding, not a fan of it, but I like computers. Uh, I like technology and I like people, so that was like a perfect combination for me. Yeah, for uh, myself, uh, I finished with a computer and information systems degree. It's uh, through the business school as well, and you know, it's it gave me a, a general view of you know business and uh, computers. So uh, the technology that I learned within you know those years, you know, kind of steered me more towards. Uh, more towards the, the IT side than the business side, but you know, I think having the two allowed me to get into that liaison kind of role where I can communicate and break down that IT jargon with the business uh, user, so. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what about other websites, MJ? Have you used uh, Indeed or Monster.com? Yes, so uh, Indeed, um, actually, uh, it, they, you know, it, it's awesome because you can see some of, uh, you can kind of do a search through salary, you can do a search through, you know, location, and so it's uh, it's really beneficial to be able to, you know, kind of go in knowing, like, what what kind of range your role might be, uh, you know, be for as far as salary goes, and uh, I didn't find, uh, you know, Indeed as useful for, you know, for my job searches, but it um, it definitely you know has a ton of 
uh, a, a ton of roles on uh, and opportunities on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I used Indeed a little bit. It was, it was all right. I think mm-hmm. I got a couple of leads. Just things never really panned out. Um, used Monster a little bit, but not not as much. And there's another one, uh, Career Builder. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I put my resume on there too. Um, but I, I personally mainly focused on LinkedIn, yeah. uh, especially since in the past couple of years, LinkedIn uh, jobs has grown so much. Their search capability, you know, ability to apply, uh, quick apply, um, without having to fill out forms and such. So th- that was really cool. Maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. Um, but definitely I think both of us, uh, between the two, LinkedIn and Dice, are definitely good starting points. But that is not the end of it, right? Well, if you just Google uh, top, uh, you know, websites to apply for jobs, uh, there's there's a bunch on there that you'll come across, uh, such as, like we say, Career Builder, Glassdoor. Glassdoor. Let's, yeah, we can stop there on that, that one as well, because there's a lot of uh, reviews that, mm-hmm. um, that are on Glassdoor that kind of tells what type of environments you're going to get. Yeah, in. yeah. So I like that. Um, you, can, you can go on there and you know, it rates the C- CEO or CFO of the company. A lot of the um, people that might be having, that, that might actually have your same role, they can say, you know, kind of give a, do, not a generic job description, but an actual personal job description of what mm-hmm. their day-to-day looks like and uh, commenting on benefits and, you know, the total package that you actually that what what's re- what really matters because you want that work-life balance right so um, you know those comments are all there and it's awesome yeah so you know on the note i actually declined uh one position because of their glass actually more than one position because mm-hmm. of the glass reviews okay this one recruiter um they called me at uh about eight thirty p.m and asked me to meet for an interview with their, uh, it was a small company, with their uh, chief technology officer the next the next morning. And so the first thing in my mind was, that's unprofessional. Like, you're calling me after hours, number one. Number two, you're giving me, what, a few hours of notice? So I'm supposed to drop everything? So he then, has options. He has options well, at the time, man. That's yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, did, I did have if options. call me at 12 a.m. <laughs> if, if it's a role that I need, you know, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. Come on, man. If it was Google or Microsoft calling me, I'd be like, I'm there. Yeah. I'll drop <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, this is a small company. So what I did do was I went to, to Glassdoor, and he told me how unorganized this company was. People don't get their pay on time. People don't get the 401k on time. People don't get their benefits on time. And so it gave me more than one touch point. My experience was one touch point, so I was ready to, you know, kind of let that go and just be like, yeah, it was a one-off situation. But Glassdoor gave me many more touch points to see. And I was like, do I really want to work for a company like that? That a lot of people are unhappy at? And the answer was no, so I just declined it. Oh, and just uh, heads up, they were low-balling. Big time. Okay, so... So that, that didn't help either. <laughs> but yeah, Glassdoor, uh, definitely something something to check out. Have you looked at the salaries on Glassdoor? Do you feel like they're accurate? I feel like they, they're a good range. But they're not like an exact number, maybe like 10% on and off, I think. Yeah, I, I, I use it to kind of just get a, a ballpark. And if if anything, you know, I, if it gives a range, I'm shooting for the, the top of it. Exactly. And, you know, I don't mm-hmm. even consider the, you know, the, the low end, the middle, and just go straight for the top. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, that, that kind of helps because uh, if you're looking for a job, 
in, for example, um, a different state, such as California, and you're trying to figure out where to move, you're graduating or something, um, you can kind of go and get a rank salary range, and you can calculate the cost of living and see if it's worth it. Um, and th- that might help instead of like going through the whole process. And if the salary range, for example, uh, for a starting business analyst is from 35 to 60, and you know your rent is going to be you know $3,000 where you want to live, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a good idea to even go through the process because for that particular role, if that's the only role you fit, you're a good fit for, um, you're not going to be making ends meet. So it's like a good way to kind of narrow out some things um, in the, the other way, for example, you might find a job in Texas that's paying, you know, that, that ranges from 50 to 55, 50 to 60, and your rent is going to be 600 bucks a month. Yeah. And it might make right. more sense to take that up. Right. Um, again, not, you know, it's, this is not by the companies. It's for people, employees themselves that go and voluntarily post it. So accuracy is in question. Um, but I would say 10% on and off, you know, it's been sort of spot on for me. Yeah, I, I think... Uh this might be a good time to segue into um, other ways to land that first job, being um, con- consulting firms and uh, like contract companies, uh, as far as like your tech systems, Collabra, uh, those type of companies, because they get a you know wide range of, of, of roles, and if you can get in front of those uh, recruiters, they you know build that relationship with them, uh, you know early on, that will you know be able to get you some of that first career experience it might be a short you know short contract or something like that but it'll allow you to get that professional career experience that you're that you're looking for because you know it's, it's hard to land your first job when everyone's looking for five years of professional experience you know in that in that area but if you can land you know a project uh, that you can you know, kind of speak more on uh, your actual the role that you're applying to and it's not just uh, from you know college or a trade school that you're you know speaking knowledge from that you know really helps out a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so let's maybe like split up the the types of jobs into um, two categories, mm-hmm. right? One is your regular uh, straight. You go to a company, they hire you, yeah. so you're the employee, yeah, and that's direct, direct, yeah, direct hire. hire. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have contract jobs uh, where you work for other third party staffing companies that work with other companies um, and then are like the middlemen. So you are getting paid by the staffing company, but on your resume, you can still put the company they work for because you're working for them. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes leads to full-time, sometimes it doesn't. And then there's consulting, which falls under just direct hire, right? So yeah. Accenture, Deloitte, and things of that nature, um, they hire you and they pay you, and so you're the employee. Uh, but unlike staffing companies, they actually have a program. So they will train you. Um, and they'll put you, they'll they'll pay you, uh, you know, they pay your travels. So you go to different clients and you do that. Um, yeah, and your mm-hmm. your career growth, uh, I think, is is uh, really, you know, it really it really grows very uh, quickly when you're working with within like a consultant firm like a Accenture or Deloitte because you're getting uh, to be in a lot of different environments and different projects. So your experience is, uh, you know, like a lot faster um, developed than, than other areas than, you know, than if yeah. you went to just one, you know, one corporation. Right, no, I completely agree. Um, and, and funny story is uh, before I got into HP, I really wanted to work for Accenture. And that's what I wanted to do since I was, I was an undergrad because uh, an Accenture spokesperson, well, it was one of their employees kind of came by to give a presentation. Um, 
And so I was like, hey, I would love to work for this company. It's amazing. So I go interview, make it through, you know, uh, two interviews, um, and then they decline. They say, no, you're not good enough. Yeah. ZP, you're not good enough. Average. So, yeah, average. You're the average Joe. So we're not going to take you in. Um, and I remember I was so pissed off, you know, met my fiance for lunch. Uh, so for, and I was just, I was mad. I was so angry. And I still remember where we went because that's how pissed off I was and sad. Um, yeah. And then I landed a job at HP. And uh, looking back, it was probably the best thing that happened to me because I realized that me personally, um, I'd like to be, I like to spend time with my wife and my family. And so traveling five days a week uh, wouldn't have worked out the best for me, especially the beginning few years of a marriage. Um, and I, and at this point in my career, after having like six, seven years, I don't think I want to do that. Maybe one or two days every now and then, but consistently going from Monday to Friday, um, you know, that, that's not, it depends on your lifestyle as well. But if, if you're the kind of guy that, uh, gal that does want to travel and that is okay traveling, uh, you know, regardless of whether your spouse is okay with it or you don't have a spouse, and, and you're single and your girlfriend's okay with it, um, or you don't have a girlfriend and you'd like to meet more men or ladies when you're traveling, no. whatever your profile is, uh, if it works for you, for your career, it is definitely a big, big jump compared to working for any one employee. And I think we can definitely do like a whole episode on like working with contract companies versus working the employees directly um, and like the different benefits and how 401k works and how to maximize all those things. Yeah, because we've, we've done both. Um... A contract and direct hires. Yep. Uh, and so we'll, we'll definitely be talking more about that. And uh, I think that's it for this show. Thank you so much for those who listened. Um, and those who didn't, you have no idea what you're missing out on. Maybe you'll find out one day. <laughs> Again, thank you for uh, tuning in to Kaching. Kaching. Getting a dinero. <laughs>